to the third episode of Outsiders. Outsiders is a podcast featuring innovative women, queer culture, and conversation. My name is Julia Curtis Burns, and I'm your host. And today I'm joined by Eileen Garcia, who is the creator of uh, Mindful <laughs> Months. <laughs> it's a WordPress blog site where I've been kind of journaling my experience and my goal to become more mindful. Awesome. Today we will be discussing terms like genderqueer and the evolution of oneself in finding terms and owning terms, whether we choose to own or claim terms, we'll talk about that, that are not necessarily placed on us by society, but that we choose because they suit us best. So to get started, I'm a teacher by background. <laughs> so I always like to make the foundation with terms. Right. Right. And just have some definitions because we're gonna be we're gonna be talking about them for the mm-hmm. whole podcast. So one term that I always use is queer. How would you define queer for yourself? So queer is one of my favorite words ever. <laughs> and I think it's because it's really an umbrella term that kind of applies to anybody depending on what spectrum you're talking about when you use the word queer, it applies to somebody who's not necessarily on clearly on one end of a spectrum or the other. Mm -hmm. So for gender, you're kind of between or sexuality, you're not necessarily attracted to just one gender, you're Mm -hmm. somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's also really nice because people can use it independently and define it for however it suits them best. Yeah, I like it also because, you know, in hosting events and trying to be as open as possible for everyone who uh, may see initiative space events and say, oh, that's something I want to go to. I like queer because it's more open. Yeah, inclusive. Inclusive, exactly, of anyone who may feel as though they are not quite straight, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So that's why I like that term as well. What about genderqueer? So genderqueer, um, similarly, it is different for everybody, I think, at least a little bit. For me, genderqueer means not binary. So I'm not just one gender. Um, I personally identify somewhere in between male and female. Mm. And I think it's it's different than biological sex. It's identity. So I identify somewhere in between and I feel somewhere in between, uh, even if that's not how I was born or what my body Mm. represents. Mm -hmm. So you feel somewhere in between as in not quite fully connected as a woman, not quite fully connected as a man, but somewhere somewhere in between. I like that. I've always been told that I have this interesting presence and it's like, I mean, I don't know if this sounds PC, but people say that my presentation is almost like a gay man. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's always been, (laughs) it's always been interesting to me because I don't necessarily understand what that means. Um, But I think about it as perhaps my presentation is masculine and what I like to wear, button-ups, etc. My style, my hair, um, but my energy is really feminine. 
Hmm. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know how that resonates with folks, but that's something that I've heard. So I really do like the term genderqueer because sometimes it's 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 like I, I don't quite fit either box. And so that, to me, is more inclusive. Yeah. It's interesting, part. too, the way that other people perceive you and put labels on you versus the way that you perceive yourself Mm -hmm. and also how one affects the other yeah because they're very intertwined even though personal identity is so personal (laughs) and private a lot of the time yeah it is really private um and for a long time I felt like I had to dress a certain way because if I didn't then that private identity that I knew was queer would be shown to the world and I wasn't ready to I mean I was still dealing with it for myself right you know so I thought well if I dress this way then I can mask it or (laughs) no people won't know but it's not not even about that for me now yeah um, when I came out people were like yeah I know (laughs) (laughs) and I was like oh okay that was uh that was my experience too (laughs) no one was surprised but I was like wait you're not I'm she, like, but I'm come surprised. On, right? I'm surprised I'm telling you this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the terms that you identify with most, just for the purpose of this podcast? Yeah, How do sure. You identify? Um, I identify as genderqueer, mm-hmm. which is pretty new, actually. Oh. Um, well, knew that I'm admitting it, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> to be clear. Uh, I think the first time I said it aloud to another person was in November, and it's January now, and I was drunk at the time. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. so you know, the truth just comes flowing out. Ooh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's how I identify gender-wise. And, and then in terms of sexuality, I identify as also just queer, mm-hmm. um, and I also really like the word pansexual. Oh my gosh, did you? So, <laughs> my last pod. So, this is our third episode, Claiming Terms. On the last episode, we spoke with filmmaker Gilbert St. Preux, who is doing a film, or right now she's doing research to do a film about pansexuality. So, it's awesome that you say that. So, if you haven't checked the other episodes out, <laughs> check them out. They're really good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, So it's a word that once I heard it, I was like, oh my God, that's me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was so liberating because I felt like no other word had ever really resonated with me before. Um, I love it because similarly to the way I like queer, uh, because it doesn't exclude me from anything. Mm -hmm. I don't like claiming terms that are exclusive. Mm -hmm. So pansexual, I really like because it speaks to both my history and thinking about my future self in that I have dated people of various gender identities and biological genders, and I imagine in the future I could end up with almost Mm -hmm. anyone, although I am definitely mostly interested in dating women. Okay. So pansexuality means you're open to all... Genders. Yeah, it, it means that gender is, or yeah, it's not exclusive mm-hmm. at all, basically. So you have, so you know that you tend to majority date women and, yes. and have an interest in women, but you're open to every 
one. Yes. It's about the connection. Right. Yeah. I'm mostly, I'm more interested in people regardless of their gender. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. There's so much I can talk about about I that. Know. Because um, that brings up for me the idea of does the way that you present, right, mean that you have a specific preference or interest. For example, I think you and I have similar style, mm-hmm. which I really like. I know, we're dressed very similar we're gonna today. Take, we're going to take a picture so you can see <laughs> what we both look like because we both look black. But um, I think both of us choose to wear or feel most comfortable in button-ups and sort of masculine mm-hmm. clothing. Um, and so for a long time... <laughs> I thought, okay, well, if this is how I feel, these are the clothes I feel comfortable with. Is there a certain behavior that has to be associated with the way that I dress? Um, and what I'm starting to find out about myself is I am attracted to feminine energy, but um, I'm actually attracted to, I'm not aggressive. And so I'm actually attracted to women that are maybe a little more feminine in the attire that they wear, but have more of an aggressive or strong yeah. will, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely yeah. does. Yeah. What about you? I mean, does it... <sighs> did you ever go through that where you felt like... Well, yeah, absolutely. Especially, it's interesting because reclaiming terms or finding the terms that I feel comfortable mm. ascribing to myself... It makes me wonder about relationships I've had in the past and how those people will respond. Um, mm. And also, looking forward, I mean, I'm single, so when I'm on a date... She's how, single. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, when I'm dating somebody, how, yeah. do, how do I break that topic, and does it matter? Does it matter? I don't think it should, but I also think... I don't know. For better or worse, I think it's important to have it out there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to surprise anybody with it, but I, um, I don't know. It's it's a hard when, thing to juggle. When you say break that topic, what do you mean? Like when you're, what do you, tell us a little bit more about sure. that. Sure. So, I in one of the books that I recently read called *The Argonauts* by Maggie Nelson. It's an amazing book. Um, the author is a woman dating somebody who's gender queer or gender Mm. fluid. I'm not, I don't really remember which one they prefer, but, um, she talks about how when they first started dating, she kind of completely avoided pronouns because she didn't know. So I just don't want there to be gray area. I don't want people to feel that way. You know, I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. I don't mind talking about that stuff. So, but I think people would generally assume I'm female. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been, I've, I've actually been mis, mis, well, I don't know if it, I really mind, but people have said sir and then realized and said, oh, sorry, ma'am. Yeah, um, it happens to me often. <laughs> you know, and in your blog, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, you share this story about, you know, going to the bathroom. You were in elementary school, right? Yep. <laughs> going to the bathroom and then being scolded or, or sort of yelled at by a teacher because you were going into the girl's bathroom mm-hmm. when you are a girl, but she mistakens you for a boy, yep. right? Yeah. Um, tell us, like, what happened? Did you talk to her after? or So 
I wasn't surprised because I often was mistaken for a boy mm-hmm. in many different situations. That's just one example. But it's actually my principal, which maybe makes oh, it even principal. worse. Yeah. Okay. Um, but she was like, excuse me, that's the girls' restroom. And I just turned around. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, and it was fine. Like, I, I was used to it. I didn't really mind it, I guess, because I was used to it. But then she apologized in front of some of my classmates later that day. And I was like, oh, man. It was fine when it was just me dealing with this, but I don't want the world to know that you mistook me for yeah, a boy that's yet. Super. <laughs> right. And how old were you? Like, um, I must have been in third or fourth grade. I don't remember. Yeah, Eight, times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since elementary school. Yeah, well, when I was going to, this hap- I think it happened twice. So the first time I was going to, the, I was in the movies with a friend of mine. And, you know, my whole life, I think I've been really fortunate to have parents who have allowed me to really be myself and express myself the way that I feel comfortable. So when I was growing up, I had short hair, um, you know, sometimes I had like little twists in my hair, but it was always short and I felt comfortable wearing, you know, baggy shirts and like boys clothes basically. Um, and I even didn't want to use my given name, which was Julia. I wanted to use a name that I made up and my mom accepted. I heard you say <laughs> that. I'm dying to know what the name is if you don't mind uh, sharing it. All right, outsiders, <laughs> listeners. So when I was little, I remember sitting at the table with my mom at dinner, and I said, you know, I have favorite letters, and my favorite letters were Z, O, and N. And I said, I want to be called Zoon, so Z-O-O-N, right? And so my mom looked at me, you know, for a minute and said, Zoon, hmm, that sounds interesting. But the interesting thing is she, she respected it, and to this day, she still calls me that. Wow. Even though now, I mean, I, you know, my professional life, I identify and introduce myself as Julia. That's amazing. But it does speak to how I understood gender at that point. You know, I was mm-hmm. like eight years old, and I already knew that I was a little different, and that Julia, that very feminine name, didn't suit how I felt inside. Um, and of course, as I got older, I thought, well, I have to look a certain way when I was in high school, etc. But mm-hmm. it's always interesting to look at pictures of yourself, and you have it on your blog of when you were a little kid, because that is when you're in your, to me, you're in your kind of realist self, because you're not affected by what society is trying to tell you you should look like. You're mm-hmm. just operating the way that you feel comfortable, because that's just you. Mm-hmm. And so when I look at my pictures from childhood, I'm always like, oh my God, I look the same, like my hair, everything, like I'm vibing with like my little girl self. Like it's so crazy, but it's also very interesting. That's exactly how I feel. When I was looking at those pictures and writing about my experience on my blog, I was thinking about how proud my younger self would be Mm. of me now. Mm -hmm. Whereas kind of between now and then, I was... I don't know, affected by a lot of the experiences that I had. I was dressing much more feminine way. And I don't know that I would have, if I was a child and I looked at myself in high school, if I would have been like, oh, okay, I totally wouldn't have gone that way. (laughs) You know, whereas now, I think my child self would be like, 
thank God you haven't changed, <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's always so wonderful, and it's very touching, you know, because it means you're really opening up to your real self, and and it's in your adult life when you've already experienced so many things, you mm-hmm. know, and coming out and just... And you also, I think, understand more the implications of how you identify yeah. and the ways that it might impact your life, positively mm-hmm. and negatively, because they're definitely both. But it's something that I think a lot of people struggle to understand. So. Yeah, I know, I know. So it's, it's really interesting to think about that. So tell us about your blog and <laughs> your journey. I mean, all, I read it several times and every time I read her blog I'm just I love what Eileen has done in you know really opening up about your experience and your journey so I want to know what inspired you to do it because (laughs) that's bold to put it out there in the internet and just let everyone see your story Mm -hmm. so what inspired you what was your journey like and just how do you feel about it now that it's out there sure So I think the blog is a little bit separate from my last post, which was only my second post, but um, it's completely changed my life. This week has been wild since I posted it, but um, the blog I started because last year, instead of doing year-long resolutions, which is something I always pretty much tried to do Mm -hmm. and usually failed, I only like exceeded once that I can remember, but... Um, instead of doing year-long resolutions, I did last year a year of month-long resolutions. So some of them I did really successfully and some of them not quite as successfully, but I wish that I had somehow journaled the experience Mm. and taken note of all of the things I learned, which, I mean, still I've learned them and I know them, but not. it would be nice to have that as a reminder. So this year I decided to do the same thing with different resolutions, uh, but blog about the experience. So the general theme of my resolutions for the past couple of years has been mindfulness. Mm -hmm. So it's something that I've been learning a lot about, like meditation, yoga, basically just being more in touch with myself and my mind, the way I think, the way I identify who I am. So... um, I don't really know why I was compelled to write about gender queerness. It just kind of seemed like everything came to a front. Like I had just given my sisters a duffel bag with every dress and skirt I'd, I owned. This, which, was in, this was in January. Yeah, it was the wow. first week of January because the last time I wore a dress or skirt was New Year's Eve 2014. And then shortly after that, I was like, you know what? I really don't feel comfortable wearing these. And I think I'm going to put them away and just Mm -hmm. see how it feels to put them away. So that was the first step. And so you put them away like in your closet? In a gym bag. Yeah, in my closet. So I couldn't even see them. Wow. Mm -hmm. And um, so January this year, it had been over a year since I'd last worn a dress or a skirt. And I felt so great about it. Mm -hmm. So um, the next big step was giving them away, just getting rid of them. Mm -hmm. So I gave them to my younger sister's. And that felt really good. And then I had been doing a ton of reading, which, I don't know, kind of all of those things together made me feel like my next big step would be to put it out there Mm -hmm. and be vulnerable about it Mm -hmm. and not 
kind of the opposite of hide it and keep it so personal. I thought, all right, I'm just going to put it out there because putting my dresses away, giving those away felt so good. Maybe I can do the same thing with my identity. Mm -hmm. Put away all of the labels I had once given myself, kind of shed those skins and start fresh. It's so powerful. I remember every year I would look at the dresses in my closet and I would, you know, I've moved like maybe three times in the last couple of years. Um, and every time I move and you kind of like go through your clothes, you think, do I really need this? But there was a part of me that was still holding on to those dresses. Like, yeah. well, I mean, like maybe I'll wear them someday to make my mom happy or, you know, like something. Right. You know, just um, in case. Just in case. <laughs> but this year, at the end of the year, I was giving things away to my favorite thrift store, Housing Works. Check it out. But anyway, <laughs> love housing I works. love housing works. Check it out if you haven't been there. Um, and this time, I took all of the dresses in my closet and I gave them away. And I don't feel bad. Like, I feel maybe someone else will see them and it will really resonate with them. But mm-hmm. right now, it's not the energy that that I want to keep with me. So I, I understand that. That's that's a big move. But it's kind of like a... It's a it's a really impassioned release, you know, because you're Absolutely. kind of leaving room for this new person that's mm-hmm. blooming. Yeah, it's cool. really exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. So, how was your? How long was the process in doing your WordPress uh, blog, and how did that? Um, it was really fast. Okay. <laughs> I used to work in web marketing when I was getting my master's degree, so I have experience with. I didn't know that. You didn't? What? <laughs> yep. That's awesome. Thanks. I need help with my website. <laughs> oh, sure. I'll help you out. <laughs> cool. So um, I knew a little bit about various sites, and I had experience with various ways to build sites. Um, the post itself, I worked on pretty much all day f- Sunday, and then Monday until I posted it. So it was probably like a good eight solid hours of just writing. And it was, it was really hard to do because there's so much more that I wanted to say than is in there. But I was like, first of all, if I say it all right now, I'm not going to have a blog post number three. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're like blogging. Yeah. And second of all, I want it to be somewhat concise because I want people to read it. Mm -hmm. You know, I want it to be anecdotal. I want it to flow. And I'm really proud of the final piece. Mm-hmm. And it's gotten a really great response. So I'm, I'm really happy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really happy So have you been sharing it like on your social media? How are you getting the word out there about your site? Um, I wish I was doing a better job of that, to be okay. quite honest. But I posted it on Facebook and have gotten a ton of calls and texts Aww. and messages and comments, both from people who know me and just wanted to share support and also from a lot of people who feel similarly, mm. um, not necessarily about their gender, but who are going through private struggles that mm. they're not comfortable being vulnerable about. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really, really flattered that it touched people in a way that made them feel like they could reach out to me because I'm more than happy to, to lend support where I can. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's so much power in vulnerability. Absolutely. You know, it's the scariest part to be open, like, raw about mm-hmm. who you are. But the moment that we do that, the better that we are understood by 
people and the better I think we're received by people. I mean, <clears throat> when I first started initiative space, I thought, okay, well, I'll keep it, you know, I won't make it so blatantly queer, right? <laughs> I'll say, because I mean, I wanted to create a business that would appeal to women mm -hmm. and it still does. But I was kind of not being open about who I was. And my style even has evolved from the day that I started Initiative Space to now. And it's all connected with me being vulnerable, me being open about who I am and how I want to present. And all of that has, has really created this network where people feel open in being who they are. Because the more that you're open, folks feel, oh... Even if even if they're still private about mm -hmm. some stuff, they'll reach out to you, which is magical. I can speak from so personal experience at initiative space <laughs> events. I mean, that's part of why I've really become comfortable with who I am because Aww. I don't have really have or didn't really have many queer lady friends, people I could talk to about this stuff who maybe understood even one aspect mm -hmm. of my queer identity. But coming to initiative space, I almost immediately met people who are happy to talk to me mm. uh, and look at me in a way that I think it's hard for people who have known me for a long time mm. to look at me mm. and just be immediately accepting of it. So oh. thank you for creating an initiative space. That's awesome. I'm so it's, happy that you feel that way. It definitely has changed my life. Thank you. That's really powerful. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about not just your journey in creating this blog, but just with you being proud of who you are. Were you always like comfortable being out? Has this been something that has evolved for you over time? How how has how has everything evolved for you? For me, it's just it's been a really long journey. Same. Okay. I think, I think I'm still on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. But I mean, I mean, whatever you feel comfortable talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. I feel comfortable talking about any of this. Okay. Um, I guess my coming out I, would have been my junior year of college mm -hmm. because that's when I had my first relationship with a woman, even though I had crushes on plenty of women before that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I didn't really know what that meant, you know. So having my first relationship kind of confirmed and validated it and I wasn't ashamed at all of my relationship, but I was terrified to tell people about it. You were terrified. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Especially um, my ex. I dated a, a guy for, it was over the course of five years, mm -hmm. but we were together for about four of those. So I was super nervous about that because I didn't want anybody to feel like I had been lying all along. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't. I mean, there was nothing untrue about the relationship. It was just that I was in a different relationship now. You know, it, I wasn't even really considering gender, except for that it might offend other people or, mm. I don't know, make them think differently about me. Wait, you <laughs> I need just... to wait, 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 wait. We need to go back. Sure. So you said that you were worried that your gender would offend other people. No, the gender of the person I was dating. Oh, what, so okay. that was before I even really considered gender in myself. Mm, okay, okay. <laughs> this was like step one, yeah. you know. So you were worried that you two being together might offend your friends and your family. Right. 
And yeah. what was the reception like? Was it-, it was amazing, yeah. <laughs> especially from my family. Like we said before, my I called my dad and my heart was beating so mm-hmm. fast. My voice was shaky. And he was like, yeah, I'm not that surprised. <laughs> and I was yeah. kind of disappointed. I was like, what? Can we be more than that? No. Come on. It's a lot of, you know, I mean, yes, there are um, some reactions that are unfortunate, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes we lose people because, unfortunately, they don't understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um but the majority of my experience has been I'm super nervous and then the other person is like, great. I'm so happy that you're finally comfortable in admitting that out loud. Me too. Um, and aren't we lucky? Because yeah, not everybody can say that. not everyone can say that. So that's a blessing. Um, but it is a constant evolution and journey, right? And mm-hmm. becoming comfortable with yourself. I mean, one, <laughs> one thing that has been new in my identity is my hair. That has been a different part of my journey. Um, <clears throat> I used to be terrified about the idea of going into a barbershop as a woman. I didn't know how it would be received. I didn't know if it was like a man's zone and I could walk in. I, I didn't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went to a barbershop, I was ignored completely by everyone in the shop and I just kind of like put my head down and left and felt like well I guess this is not the right place for me um but luckily I got my courage up and I tried again and I went to another barber shop and I have an awesome connection with my barber now but just having that that aesthetic getting my hair shaved it's all been part of my growth Mm -hmm. and it's really something that now I feel like oh Okay, <laughs> this is how I feel inside. I'm yeah. finally looking like it. And how, how has it been with you for your hair? And, and is that a part of your identity? Absolutely. I think it's a like a symbolic representation of identity in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And um, it also goes back to childhood selves and coming back to that. Uh, because when I was a kid, I really wanted a mohawk mm-hmm. <laughs> so badly. And my parents wouldn't let me do it. They did, though, let me shave my head because I was like, fine, then I don't want hair at all. Like, I I'm, don't want to be like all of these girls because I didn't feel like all of those girls. So I got a buzz cut, and then it would, like, grow out a little bit sometimes, but I just buzz kept cut, shaving like, it. Oh, like, bzz, yeah, oh, wow. like, no guide, just total buzz. Wow. And I did that all the way through elementary school, which was awesome. Um, and then I grew my hair out after that, and that's also when I started dressing a lot more feminine, and... This was, like, in high school. High school, yep. Yeah. And then my, the summer before my junior year of college, I shaved it for a nonprofit organization. Uh, it benefits, well, at the time, it benefited the Pediatric Oncology Ward at the Boston Children's Hospital, mm. although now I think they've branched out a little bit more than that, and... It was terrifying. <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> yeah, because I had become so attached mm-hmm. to my hair again. It became part of my identity. Mm. And it was scary, I think, because I knew that it was a return to my true self in a lot of ways. And I was scared to show people that. Mm. You know, I was. I loved having no hair. It's so easy. It feels right. Like, it feels like it fits who I am. 
but I felt like it didn't fit how other people started to think of me, which maybe isn't fair to, to everyone else because mm. everybody has been so supportive and, and kind and understanding. But, but wait, let's go back. So when you were saying you didn't feel like the shaving of your head was going to sort of accommodate the way that people thought of you, how mm-hmm. are they thinking of you? What did you, how did well, you I, feel like you were perceived then? Feminine, mm-hmm. <laughs> straight, mm-hmm. yeah. basically those two things. Yeah. <laughs> so this is something I think about all the time, but I want to go back to you. So I just want yeah, yeah. to no, no, please coming to please. me. So is having short hair associated with queer culture? What do you think about that? Like women having short hair, getting shaved heads, is that... Is that us as queer women? Is that our thing? I think less and less. <laughs> <laughs> but I think also that a lot of people would say yes. Mm-hmm. I remember I had a conversation at a social event. And I was just curious like, if somebody who didn't know me would guess that I was gay. Mm-hmm. And they said yes. And I was like, okay, how? Or like, why do you think that? And they're like, well, you have a queer cut. <laughs> oh, which is a term I've heard a couple of times since a queer too. Cut. What Isn't is that a, interesting? What is a queer cut? I suppose it's a cut that labels you as queer. But like, <laughs> yes, but like, what no. does it look? Oh, like? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess just short hair. Yeah. Although I know plenty of straight women, women. with short hair. Yeah, that's and they're beautiful. That's I mean, something I wonder about. You know, like um. What's her name? Amber Rose, right? Yeah. Has it shaved head and totally rocks it. Totally rocks it, right? So that's something I always think about when we think about fashion, connecting to our hair. How how I mean, oh my gosh, I remember when I was in high school I had really long hair and when I I always wanted to cut it. Like I that was like that was just something I constantly was thinking about. And then when I would talk to some of my friends about, like, oh, I want to cut my hair, I want to shave my hair, they'd be like, no. <laughs> it was like this really violent reaction, like, you cannot do that. You cannot. And I'm like, okay, first of all, hair grows back. But it's like this idea that as women, our hair is what, I'm not going to say validates us, but it makes us, it's part of who we are. Mm-hmm. It's part of our nature. It's part of what makes us beautiful. Right. And it's the idea of long hair, too. It's an interesting concept that makes you more feminine, right? Um, and the thing that I've, and the thing about that, the thing that I've heard from femmes, a lot of women who identify as femmes in the queer community is, well, because of the way that I present, it's hard for people to perceive me or, or accept me as a queer woman, mm-hmm. right? And so there's always that idea of hair. It always comes back to that, so it's interesting. Yeah. Well, hair and clothes, yeah. too. I mean, I think that they're so important and they're held so dearly to so mm-hmm. many people because somebody walking down the street or somebody you first meet is going to make snap judgments about you, mm-hmm. what, whether yeah. or not they know you. And having identifiers like hair and clothing are really important for a lot of people mm-hmm. and also scary if they don't quite align your identity or Mm. if they betray your identity somehow Mm. you know Mm -hmm. yeah I used to wish um when I wasn't as comfortable being out I used to wish there were women's signals that we could do to each other (laughs) (laughs) that 
like, you know, if you pass a woman that you're attracted to, but you're not sure if she's gay, <laughs> you could, like, you know, do the symbol. And if she gets it, you'd be like, oh, okay, cool. Like, she's oh, I see you. You know, right? <laughs> like, because sometimes it's hard to tell. Yeah. And so we do things, like, the way that we dress to sort of identify us. Um, so I always think about that. I wonder what it would be like if I created a symbol, like, for the queer community. What would that look like? Or just, like, pins. Like, hey, I'm gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm queer. But I'm I mean, whatever. I, but I meant, like, so that only you guys would know. Oh, secret symbols. Secret symbols. Yeah. No. <laughs> so that I wouldn't out Even her. Better. She wouldn't out me. And then we could still go on That's a date really later on. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so... One thing that you wrote about in your blog was you did you had this quote at the end, gender is over. Yeah. And I read that over and over and I was like, Isn't it awesome? what does that <laughs> mean to her? Like, what do you... So that quote came from that same drunk night that I first <laughs> declared my gender queerness. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to my friend who said that, and I think he actually borrowed the term from someone else, an academic... I don't, I don't remember who it was, but to me, it's symbolic of the way that society is moving, or at least the way I feel it's moving or hope it's moving, mm-hmm. in that gender is going to mean less and less. I mean, we see it in pop culture a lot right now, like with all of the discussions in Hollywood mm-hmm. um, when it came out that female leads in movies were being paid significantly less than male leads. Uh, that's just one of the many examples in politics and pop culture right now mm. that are kind of trying to level the playing field in, in terms of gender. And I think looking at gender equally in terms of pay and opportunity uh, is kind of paving the way for looking at people just as people mm. and kind of taking gender out of the equation. Mm. Uh, I think Part of why I love that phrase so much is because it's optimistic. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's, that's that's how my life is moving, and I hope the world is is coming along for that. Yeah. I hope so too. I hope so too because it is a real it is a real issue. I mean, the thing for me that I always think about is it's two things. I like the idea of gender being over, but I also think that there's something valuable in having a gender. So I always kind of go between those two things. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, that's something I think about. Definitely. I mean, yeah. gender is still important. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying gender shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> but you mean in terms of equalizing sort of the playing field. Right, right. And be. also allowing people to identify anywhere, regardless mm-hmm. of how they're born or the body that they're born into. Yeah. So this podcast is called Claiming Terms. Mm-hmm. And before we started recording, Eileen and I were talking about whether we even feel comfortable claiming terms, right? Um, because there are certain terms that society puts on us, and so we kind of accept them or not. And so today, are there, like, how do you feel about claiming terms? Like, you said, you identify as genderqueer. Is that a term that you are claiming? Is that a term that right now that's how you identify? What's your, what are your thoughts on that? Sure. It is a term that I'm claiming, but I really have an issue with language and terminology. Uh, I 
like I said earlier, love queer and gender queer because they are umbrella terms. So they kind of allow for some variation mm. in identity, which I think is important because we're always evolving, you know? Um, so it allows me to continue exploring who I am without feeling held back by labels that I had previously given myself. Mm. You know, I'm not completely negating who I was before and I'm allowing myself to be whoever I want to be in the future with that broad term. Mm. So I like that term because it's kind of an anti-term. <laughs> you know <laughs> so what I it's mean? it's like a term for the anti-term, Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, yeah. How do you feel about the term tomboy? Um, I feel fine about it. Do, do you? The thing about terms that's interesting too is I think we need to allow people to define them a little bit differently when they use them to describe themselves. Mm -hmm. You know, tomboy to me might mean something a little bit different than it means to you. Um, I think my issue with terms is in concreteness. I don't think anybody is necessarily concretely any one thing or the other. Right. And I think that's where the struggle is sometimes. You think that because you identify with one term, that means it sort of like sets your whole person. Right? Yeah, and that's not necessarily true. When I was giving away my dresses, something that I was thinking about was, could I still feel like myself today in a dress? Would I still feel, because I identify as a tomboy, would I still feel like my tomboy self if I'm wearing a dress? Is it about my fashion? Is it about my clothes? Or is it about me? You know, and... and what do you think? I don't know. I'm still thinking it through because... It's so interesting. So, like, when I was in high school, I was very femme. I would wear dresses all the time. And when I started dressing the way I dress now and feel really comfortable with myself, button downs, when I would talk to other people about, oh, yeah, well, you know, I might wear a dress for the event, people would be like, what do you mean you might wear a dress? <laughs> like, I can never see you in a dress. So it was like, I, I, it's like, so what, I can't, like, wear dresses now? Like, I can't be fluid? I can't dress just because I feel like wearing that today? Does that take away from who I am? Because, or does it mean that I'm just comfortable and so I can wear whatever I want? And that's something I think through all the time. Yeah, I think about that too. Yeah. Have you recently looked at old pictures of yourself in dresses? No. Because that's an interesting thing. I, I actually recently did that, and it's funny because in hindsight now, I'm a little bit uncomfortable looking at myself really? in a dress. Yeah, now that I am more comfortable with who I am mm -hmm. and understanding that that's not really who I am. Does it look Even like... though at the time it was fine. Uh, it reminds me, have you watched The L Word? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course. So there's, you just reminded me of this one scene where Shane is at Carmen's house. And mm. Shane is a very, like, masculine mm. energy tomboy style. And Carmen's mom makes her put oh, on a dress. I've seen that. Do you yeah. remember that? But it's, it's such an interesting experience because looking at her in the dress, you know that that is not her. And mm. it comes across in her body language, you know. You can tell that she's not comfortable in it. Mm -hmm. So I think, again, it's just a very personal experience. Like, if you're comfortable in a dress despite identifying as a tomboy, go for it. Yeah. And I think it'll come across to other people, too. 
But if you're not, then don't <laughs> don't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's all about your comfort level. Mm-hmm. Um, so part of this podcast is about featuring women innovators. <laughs> and, you know, I asked you to be on this podcast because I really love the power in what you're doing in showing, you know, your vulnerable side and being open about your story and your journey and your evolution. And I'm proud of you for that. Thank and you. I really... I really value what you've done and what you're continuing to do. So when you hear the word, because I know you're an innovator, (laughs) innovation or innovator, what does that mean to you? That is so difficult because it's not a word I would necessarily give myself or label Mm. myself right now, but it's something I aspire to for sure. I'm kind of hoping that I can take this even further like this is the first step I hope on something much bigger I mean I've already kind of seen the power in vulnerability affecting other people I'd love to help other people who have similar feelings uh, about gender or whatever else it is that's making them feel vulnerable and alone and Mm. not comfortable with themselves I'd love to see if there's potential to do more to help people like that um I don't know I just want to reach more people basically and I'm hoping that this site and my experiences as I continue to write about them will open some doors in in that direction I know it definitely will thank you I know it definitely (laughs) will so before we close are there any pieces of advice that you have for any of the topics we discussed today someone who may want to create their own blog or maybe struggling with, you know, how they identify and want to talk about it or anything, any last words that you have for us? I guess I'll end my, with my favorite quote or one of my favorite <laughs> quotes that I wrote in my blog. It's from Oscar Wilde's picture of Dorian Gray and it's to define is to limit. So um, I think that the best piece of advice I can give anybody who's questioning any aspect of their identity is to take the labels away. See where you stand without the label or try a different label, even just privately to yourself and see how it sits with you. Because even if it's not something that you'll give yourself or something you're comfortable telling the world about, I think it's an important exercise in understanding who you are just for yourself. Uh, and that's how I kind of started on my journey. I, I've called myself genderqueer for a lot longer mm-hmm. than I've said it out loud. But uh, I think it's important to, to kind of step back and take yourself kind of out of your skin, out of your body, and just see what lies in your true self. Mm. Just be in your truth. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's very powerful. Thank you. So think about that. <laughs> so thank you so much, Eileen. Of I'm going to put your a link to your blog in the podcast once it's uploaded so everyone can come check it out um and we are always interested in talking about events that affect women affect the queer community affect women's empowerment so if you are listening to this and you have an event that you'd like us to talk about or showcase on this podcast just send me an email and let me know Um, We will be back next week with another podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. I'm flattered. (laughs) Honored. You're awesome. (laughs) Thank you for sharing your story. 
And I will close with take care of yourself, have peace, and just be you. See you next time.